You know, you're part of something bigger. And that's my message today. You're part of something bigger. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm a real James Bond fan. And uh, I was really disappointed when the film didn't come out this year. I would have gone and sat on my own in the cinema and just gone one at a time to see it. But one of the things about James Bond is, in one scene, he's almost dead uh, or is about to be killed. And then in the last scene, he's driving away in a sports car and it all works out in the end. But I want to tell you that perhaps you're looking at one scene of your life and yet God has got another scene that he's moving you to. And that's precisely the message of what the whole story of Joseph is as we wrap up this story. If you've got the YouVersion app, you can follow the notes along and uh, go to Genesis chapter 47 and verse 1 says this, So Joseph went and told Pharaoh, My father and my brothers with their flocks and herds and everything they own have come from the land of Canaan and they are now in Goshen. And he chose five brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked his brothers, what's your occupation? And they said, we're servants, your servants are shepherds. They replied, just as our fathers were. And they also said to him, we've come to live here for a while. This was a season. It wasn't the big plan. We've come to live here for a while. Because the famine is severe in Canaan. We're doing this for a season. There's a bigger plan that God's got. And your servants and flocks have no pasture, so now please let your servants settle in Goshen, which was the most fertile part of Egypt, in the top corner of the, of the Nile, in amongst all the tributaries there. It was a great place. It was the best part of Egypt. You see... We can be tempted to look so closely at our lives that, that we are staring at our lives that we fail to see the larger things that God is doing. And of course, Joseph sums this up in the end of his life in chapter 50, verses 19. He says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish now what is being done. The saving of many lives. And that was the wrap-up to the whole story of Joseph. We can be so much in the moment, in the season, that we are not realizing the potential big things that God is doing in the background. When, when Jacob bought Joseph a multicolored coat, and it was a, a, a present of favoritism, it was, a, it was a thing that caused jealousy. Was, was that just a, a thing that caused jealousy, or was that the, the catalyst which, which got the brothers to move Joseph out into his destiny? I know it wasn't right what they did. It was completely wrong. But God was doing something bigger. When Joseph was put into prison, was, was that something actually that God was doing to connect him to the right people so for later on in his life? You see, in your situation now, God is up to something. When the famine came, was that God's way of promoting Joseph so that Joseph could actually save the whole nation. You see, I know that we're in a season, and I know you might be in a season, but I want to say this to you. God's got a bigger plan. 
Like, like Dr. King just said, you know, this happens so that that happens, that this happens so that that happens. God's got a bigger plan. And you have to begin to say to yourself, you know what? I know that I trust that God has got a bigger plan in my life. You see, what you're going through right now, God can turn around so that he can make it fit into his bigger plan. I want you to take a step back from your season. I want you to take a step back from your concerns and begin to ask yourself, God, how are you going to use this? How are you going to use this in my life? What are you building into my life to make me a better person and a more wise person? Now, here's the twist of today's message. Catch this, everyone. We often see God's bigger plans with hindsight. We look back and we say, wow, that was God. And that's appropriate. That's what Joseph did here. But wouldn't it be great if you could learn a mindset whereby you were discerning God's bigger plans as they were happening? You see, I believe that's what was happening with Joseph. As the brothers came and saw him, as the famine took hold, I think he began to think, hang on, God's on something here. And he had a mindset to start discerning the plans, not in hindsight, but in real time as they were happening. I wonder if I could just do four quick lessons today. Four lessons where you could activate the bigger plan mindset, where you could see how God is working right now in real time so that you weren't so encompassed and enclosed into the season of your life now. But actually, God almost by his spirit could move you back so that you could see a wider plan. I wonder if we could get that mindset. Okay, this is how it comes. First of all, what some people see as a disadvantage, God can use. That's lesson number one. If you can understand that when people are saying that that you're at a disadvantage, that that some things about your life are not, you know, the best, actually God takes them, he uses the weak things of this world and confounds the wise. He takes our disadvantage and he uses it so that he can bring out his glory. So that none of us get the glory, he gets the glory. But you see, you've got to have a mindset to say, this is not my disadvantage, this is God's opportunity. You see, the Egyptians, they were prejudiced. Let me just call it out. If you look in Genesis chapter 43 verse 32, they wouldn't even eat with the Israelites, with Jacob's family. They, they served themselves, they sat by themselves. The, J, the Egyptians saw it as a detestable thing to eat with Hebrews. They were prejudiced. They were people that saw a disadvantage about another people. They actually looked down on shepherds. They, they actually thought that the occupation of shepherds and people who carried livestock were not as good as them. Now, I'm not excusing that. That's wrong. And actually, God severely judges them later on for the way that they live their lives. And judgment is coming for people who are prejudiced. So I'm not excusing it in any way. But God can turn around any prejudice to his advantage. In fact, what he did 
is he moved the Israelites over to the best and most fertile place in Egypt. And so that he took people out of their way that may hinder them and get in their way. And so that they could flourish. Now, of course, I'm not excusing the prejudice, and we can't make any excuses to the prejudice and saying it was a good thing. That's not the point. My point is this. God has bigger plans for you than anybody's small-mindedness. When any, anybody wants to push you in a corner, God's going to say, okay, let me make that corner flourish. When people try and ignore you, God's going to say, okay, let me take their ignorance and make you flourish. You see, because you've got to have a bigger mindset that God can use any disadvantage around you. People have said to me for years, just because you can't drive, you can't be a pastor of a church. I don't see that in the Bible. In fact, the only driver that I see in the Bible is Jehu, and he was a menace. So let not people take your disadvantage and push you in a corner because God can use your disadvantage for his glory. Let me hear an amen on somebody's feed today. You know, so lesson one, God uses our disadvantage. We're not excusing. We're not excusing what people do. But don't you think that their uh, use of prejudice is bigger than what God can do in your life? Lesson number two, You need to see bigger outcomes that God is doing and not just the small, valuable wins. Now, hey everybody, wasn't Leon brilliant last week? We loved it. I loved seeing him. And what a a, a triumph for our church that we've got somebody who's who's coming on up. And you're going to see Jordan as well uh, just coming through and all the rest of it. And and Luca and all the people on our team are are doing so well. You know, it's it's great. But it was great to see how uh, uh, Leon brought out last week the reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. And, And as precious as what that is and and it was right and the emotions being healed and all of that but in that moment God was doing more God was doing more than just getting brothers to like each other he was actually preserving a nation and saving a family And he was doing a bigger thing than just small, valuable ones. Listen, if you want a mindset that kind of knows what God is doing at that moment, don't make get your life into small dramas every week. Where you're caught up with the drama of who said what to whom and how you're feeling and this, that and the other. You need to take a step back from the drama and say, God, what are you doing? God... Uh, this, this drama is not going to define my life. And I know that some of you are in a drama right now. Take a step back from it and say, God, what are you doing? See, don't focus on hurt emotions. Focus on the progress of God's plan. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and no bitter root grows up within you to defile many. So don't focus on the emotions and the drama of a situation, but begin to say to yourself, God, are you doing something bigger here? Do I need to put this upset aside so I can see your bigger plan? Hey, lesson number three. You've heard it said, bloom where you're planted. In fact, 
Lots of Christian posters would be, you know, they'll show you a, a kind of weed in a desert, uh, you know, and it's all cracked and, you know, you're supposed to bloom wherever you're planted. But listen, if you want to get a bigger plan mindset, you need to plant yourself where you can bloom. You need to put yourself in a place where you can bloom. Now, bloom where you're planted, it's, it's a great lesson. I, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, we, you know, that there's no merit in it. That we, there is merit in the fact that you can make the best of a, of a bad situation. And you, can, you can try to you know, get the best out of it. But there comes a time in all of our lives when we have to make sure that we're not just putting up with something and that we're not just making do, that we're actually saying, no. I am not flourishing here. I need to go where I can flourish. Now, let me just say uh, this really quickly. That doesn't mean, say, you have to leave BCC to go to the next flashy internet church. No, you need to stay with us because we are doing a good thing here. Let me teach you this from the Bible. Look at this. This family moved out of Canaan into Egypt. God told them to do it. You can look at it in Genesis 46 verse 3. God appears to Jacob in a dream and says, go down to Canaan. Uh, I'm going to cause you to flourish there, but I am going to bring you out. And for a season, it wasn't a case for them, bloom where you're planted, or just put up with the situation. It was transfer and plant yourself where you can flourish. I believe God really had to speak to Jacob about this because look at this. You know, they'd already had lots of promises about the promised land. God was actually saying, go out of the promised land and go to another place. It was a difficult thing for them to do that. Uh, God didn't want, didn't want them to stay there just saying, well, this is God's place for me, this is God's place for me, this is where God's called, called me to be, uh, you know, hanging on by their fingernails. God actually said, no, just for this season, I want you to switch gears and go to where you can flourish. And actually, he took them to the best part of Egypt. Genesis 47, verse 11, just look at it. So Joseph settled his father and brothers and gave them property in the best part of the land. They went to Goshen, and it says that they were fruitful and they increased greatly in number. I think I'm speaking to somebody today. I think I'm speaking to people who have been hanging on with their fingernails, trying to be faithful to God, and God is saying, look, it's time for you to move and go where you can flourish. Now that takes discernment. It takes invitation and opportunity. It takes a combination of those things, but you have to flourish. Remember, we did a whole series on thriving, not just surviving. Go and plant yourself where you can bloom. Now, you can bloom in a great church. So those folks who are just uh, flicking in and watching a little bit, why don't you get connected in? Why don't you plant yourself in an environment where you can flourish spiritually? Why don't you connect with Bible studies? Why don't you connect with things that will help you flourish but it's really important that you stop making do with a situation and going forward to a place where you can flourish. I just feel like I'm preaching to somebody today prophetically. Last lesson of Joseph's life. Opinion is not the most thing that counts. It's fruit that counts. 
You see, the Egyptians, they looked over to the Israelites and said, wow, they are shepherds. They must be lowlifes. And they moved them off to the side and they produced fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit. It's really important that you focus on what you produce, not what others may think. Four lessons for you today. Four lessons. I'm going to repeat them a couple of times before the end of this message. God can use what other people see as a disadvantage. Just begin to receive that. So you need to see the bigger outcomes that God is doing and not just get embroiled in small dramas. As precious as they might be, don't keep them going. Plant yourself where you can flourish. An opinion isn't as important as fruit. Let me ask you something today. Can you think in a bigger picture? I'm going to ask Kevin to just come back in a few moments. But let me tell you, I'm going to tell you two versions of the same story, and you probably would have heard it. One day a traveler was walking down a road, and he saw three stone cutters. And they were cutting uh, stones to make something and the, and the traveler said to the first stone cutter well, what, are you, what are you doing he said I am cutting stones he said oh that, that, I know some information so he went to the second stone cutter and he said what are you doing and he said I am cutting stones so they fit exactly in a wall I am getting them true to the shape and square and cubed so that the wall will be strong and he thought oh great but he kind of still wasn't uh, uh, really sure what was doing and he went to the third stone cutter who seemed a lot more happier and was singing and whistling and he said what are you doing and he said I am building a cathedral You see, I want you to understand something. You've got to start seeing that God is building something big in your life. That your life maybe have some routines where you get up and and get in your car and go to work. Or you may have uh, that next Zoom call and those things. But God is doing a bigger thing than just the details that you see. You see, the second version of that story is about St. Paul's Cathedral. Sir Christopher Wren, who built that cathedral, uh, wasn't, uh, they didn't have Instagram and, and photographs in those days, so many of the workers didn't know what it looked like. And as he walked around, unrecognized by the workforce, he went up to one of the stone cutters, and they said to the workman, what are you doing? And he said, I'm cutting pieces of stone. And he went, oh, very good. And he went to the second worker and he, said, and he asked the question to the second stonecutter and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm earning five shillings and three pence for cutting stones. And then he asked the third workman who actually was singing a, a hymn at the time and he said, what are you doing? And he said, I am helping Sir Christopher Wren build a cathedral for the glory of God. You see, I want to say to you today, Can I ask you, are you earning a living or are you allowing God to use you to bring his kingdom wherever you are? Are you raising or looking after kids or are you raising future leaders? You see, you've got to start seeing the big picture. Are you going to work or are you engaging with people in life to make a difference.
You see, you have to see the bigger picture. Are you just earning a living or building something that God can use? Are you looking at the right details or are you making sure that you are right in the details? You see, if you want to grow a bigger mindset, you've got to understand, like Joseph began to see, that God can use whatever is a disadvantage to some will be what God can use. You see, you'll grow a bigger mindset if you'll see bigger outcomes and not just get caught in the weekly drama of emotions. And God can use you and begin to move in your life if you learn the lesson, plant yourself where you can bloom. I know that's not easy. It's easy for a pastor to say it, but it takes a decision for you to say, I'm going to stop putting up with this, and I am going to where I can flourish. Of course, we've got to be faithful in difficult situations. Of course, we don't just chop and change quickly. But if month after month, year after year, something is dry and barren, why wouldn't God plant you somewhere else where you can flourish? And the last lesson is, Opinion might seem important to the time, but it's not as important as the fruit you produce. Oh, I love you, BCC. I want to tell you that I just care about your life. On the very first time that I preached on this stage, I said to BCC, your heart matters to me. And that has not changed. And as we bring our Joseph series to a close, rather than just seeing that God can move in hindsight, why don't we develop a mindset whereas in real time we begin to say, I'm not accepting that, I'm working with what God's doing, I'm not listening to what man is saying to me. Because as you develop that mindset, God will work in your life and release you to greater things. Come on, pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, would you open my eyes to more of what you're doing so that I can see what people have intended for evil, you have planned for good.